Oh, you remember it was only in December when the Bruins needed a telescope to view the NCAA tournament. But how things have changed a couple weeks later and UCLA can see their hopes of the big dance with their blind eyes and a chance to really strengthen their case with a win tomorrow against Arizona State. Welcome in to Locked On Bruins. I'm Brian Fenley. I'm a national anchor for Fox Sports Radio, a co-host for the Bruin Insider Show, which, yes, if you are privy to living in Los Angeles, you can hear on the radio Tuesday nights from 7 to 8 p.m. We recap all that is going on in UCLA athletics while certainly concentrating on the Bruin basketball team. And speaking of that basketball team, I know a lot of you certainly Saw the improvement coming with Mick Cronin at the helm, but maybe you didn't see it happening this fast. So we'd love to hear your observations of the rapid ascendancy of this team. You can reach out to me via email, lockedonbruins at gmail.com, or of course, if you're more comfortable with Twitter, my Twitter handle is at Brian Fenley. The layout for this show will be dominated by this upcoming matchup tomorrow against Arizona State. We'll look at the problems that this team creates for UCLA, the specific players that create the most threat to the Bruins not getting this win. And I do want to look back, and I know it pains me to say this, but I do want to look in the past and relive however awkwardly the loss we had against Arizona State in Tempe earlier this year. The only reason I want to bring up this last game is to tell you where the Bruins fell short, what areas they did not get the job done, so that we can be educated and understand what they can't do again. The same mistakes can't happen again if they want to beat this team for the second go-around. And then we'll finish off the show by I wanted to share with you some of the comments that Bruin legend and former NBA superstar Tracy Murray made yesterday with us on the Bruin Insiders show. This guy, you know, one of the best three-point marksmen to ever go through UCLA, and you know him as a straight shooter as well when it comes to anything he discusses about UCLA. He made some very confident remarks about this Bruin team that I think you will find fascinating. So another reason to want to stick around for the whole show. But first, let's begin with what happened the last time we played Arizona State. And it's a nauseating experience for Bruin fans to relive this. I get it. But for the sake of it happening not a second time, we have to bring this up. From the tip, we were at a disadvantage. Before the game even started, we were at a serious vulnerable stage because Jalen Hill did not play in this game. You remember this, and Jalen had a wonderful stretch the last couple games before that injury took place, and I thought that with him out, that completely shattered the equilibrium, the chemistry on the court for UCLA, and their offense obviously struggled because of it, and it wasn't so much the offense, yes, that was a big reason why we lost this game. But not having Jalen Hill on the defensive end what was probably where it was felt the most because the Arizona State Sun Devils, driving, kicking out, finding open three-point shooters, and they were on a roll from three. They made eight out of their first nine threes. And I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking probably you as well. You're watching this. And this can't be real. How is a team 
chucking up nine threes and making the first eight of them. It, it made you think, how is this possible? I mean, it doesn't matter. They could be playing the number one team in the country. And if you shoot that well from distance, you're going to beat anybody. And you look at the three-point shooting, but it was because the Sun Devils were getting great penetration without Jalen Hill in the game. They'd kick it out to open shooters, and they just knock down shots. I mean, sometimes it's as simple as a guy making a shot and, and not. We're not talking as much about the absence and how much that was felt in this game if Arizona State doesn't make all those threes. But they did, and that's why we're talking about it. And to add to that, their transition offense was spectacular. And what Mick Cronin brought up after the game against Arizona State, the first time they played, was that when his players started to see the plethora of three-pointers going down, and they were raining threes, the Sun Devils, it really did take a toll on the team's morale. And they were compromised on, on defense the rest of the way. You felt like it really did impact and affect them. And certainly getting back on defense in transition, where Arizona State was just so dominant. They had, I believe, almost 30 points in transition Against UCLA, the Bruins had a figure much more minute to that. And that were the two big things for me. The three-point shooting, the fast break points, and you could also say the bench scoring was much in favor uh, of Arizona State as they have been on this rapid ascendance as well. Two teams in UCLA and Arizona State, they have a lot more in common than I think both the fan bases want to admit. From the perspective of not, or both of them were not highly projected in terms of how they would finish in the Pac 12 standings. Both of them started the Pac 12 slate very poorly. Both of them have just entered the AP Top 25 rankings, not in the top 25 per se, but right below they have the, the others receiving votes. And Arizona State has seven wins in a row and they are receiving votes and the Bruins are receiving one vote so that's the first time that they have made this little system that comes out on a weekly basis but it's fascinating that Arizona State has won seven in a row they have a half game lead for first in the Pac-12 standings and they're not ranked the Pac-12 does have two teams in the top 25 Colorado and Oregon and Arizona State beat Oregon last week and coming up tomorrow I will look at that game because it was a thriller where Arizona State once again showed us that this is not just a uh, a one-hit wonder of a team like they're in it and they're a team to be reckoned with and I wanted to also point out a couple players on this squad that burned UCLA and can't burn them again and you remember the name Lonzo Verge. Lonzo Verge scored 26 points against UCLA. And 24 of those came in the second half. He's one of those guys, and Remy Martin as well, they don't really have any things they can't do on the court that coach won't let them do. Like, if Remy Martin wants to shoot a 35-foot three-pointer, he can get away with it and head coach Bobby Hurley is not going to discipline him. 
or if, and we saw this against the Bruins, when players on the team were taking shots that were like things you would play in a game of horse, like schoolyard stuff, like fallaways off one foot and just taking shots at weird angles and, and it all falling down. Sure, you can't penalize a guy on your team if he's taking a bad shot if he necessarily makes it, but, you know, that's just how the game went. Also wanted to point out in, in that prior contest when the Bruins took on the, the Sun Devils was that since then, the Bruins have won five in a row. Since then, they have won five in a row. So a loss certainly did not impact the psyche of UCLA. And coming up after this break, I do want to present to you some of the heavy hitters on Arizona State that have doomed their opponents all season long, and certainly the Bruins are going to be most keyed in on when they check out the tape, they scout out this team, and they get their defensive assignments set. Mick Cronin was asked earlier this week if he thought that the Bruins and Sun Devils contending for first place in the Pac-12 right now would have made any sense or he would have thought possible as recently as five weeks ago. And he said, well, we all thought this was going to happen, right? He said it in kind of a sarcastic tone because nobody really saw this happening. Both of these teams have been underestimated. And Arizona State, as Ramella White described, one of their star forwards, just says, look, we understand that we're always going to be slighted. The people that are the pundits and who predict where we stand in the conference and where we'd finish, they always, in his words, have us at the bottom. And certainly there was not a whole lot of hope in Mick Cronin, at least year one, trying to resurrect this team. And perhaps there was a notion, a general sentiment, that it was going to take a longer time. And so the fact that both of these teams are skyrocketing right now has caught a lot of people off guard. And quite frankly, and I think Arizona State fans would attest to this, that the Bruins' rise has overshadowed Arizona State's rise. And the Sun Devils fans are like, hey, you see us over here? You know, the Bruins have won five games in a row. We've won seven. Hey, hey, we're doing better. But they're not getting as much attention. And I think that they're salty about it. And I think that's going to be part of the motivation for the Sun Devils going into this one. I also think that Arizona State was that one team just outside the top 25, and they feel slighted. They're like, how does the team that leads the Pac-12 standings and has won seven in a row not get in the top 25 rankings? Well, let's, let's go back to what they did earlier in the year, and it was very troublesome like it was for UCLA. The Arizona State Sun Devils lost to St. Mary's in a game played in Phoenix by... 40 points. This was back in December. That game was like the Bruins' version of losing to Cal State Fullerton earlier in the year in the non-conference. Two horrendous losses. And both of those teams didn't quite rebound directly after that because the Sun Devils started out in Pac-12 play losing three of their first four. And so a lot of left to be, uh, you know, a lot to be desired. And I think the Bruins got out to a, a similar start like that, where, you know, they got that one win against Washington, but then 
They fell at Washington State. They let that one slip, slip away. And so they got out to an inauspicious start to begin Pac-12 play. So it's funny to see these teams mirror themselves in so many different facets. Now, what we don't want to see in a potential Bruin killer, and I say that because I don't want this to happen, is Alonzo Verge. And I pointed out how great of a game he had last time against UCLA. His rise has been just tremendous since this ASU winning streak. I had a chance to look at some of his numbers. Verge, overall this season for the Sun Devils, is averaging about 14.6 points per game. However, in the midst of their seven-game winning streak, he is averaging over 20 points per game. Over 20 points per game. Tracy Murray yesterday on the Bruin Insider Show when I asked his thoughts on Verge, he called Verge like that microwave. The guy that all you got to do is get him in the game. And he just like, within an instant, is like a playmaker and a difference maker. And the best example of that was, I, I mentioned the, the loss to St. Mary's. Now, try to fathom this. The Sun Devils lost that game by 40 points to the Gales. But Alonzo Verge had 43 points in that game and a 40-point loss. And the rest of his teammates, so Verge had 43, the rest of his teammates collectively combined to score 13 points. What in the world happened in that game? And Arizona State is trying to be a bit upset about, well, why aren't we being considered in the top 25 or why is it taking us so long to get back in there it's because of not just a loss like that against St. Mary's but it's the way you lost I mean you got absolutely boat raced in that game emasculated in that game so Lonzo Verge as head coach Bobby Hurley said recently he called Verge a one-man press break like a car weaving through traffic with with Tracy Murray adding that Verge is a guy who, who's so good at running downhill. He, that's how he torched the Bruins when they first played. Just gets up the floor so quickly. He doesn't mess around and just, it's like he's jumping off a trampoline. Tracy said the, the goal here is to try to get Verge, as he's trying to go downhill and push and push and push, you got to get him moving more east-west than north-south. That is what the defense has to do. you got to stay in front of them. And Mick Cronin even said, following the, the win against Colorado last week, and he said, we are doing a much better job of guarding the ball. Because he was asked about why Colorado, a team that had been a pretty good three-point shooter, was just brick city from three-point territory. And he said, it's because we're better in terms of on-ball defense and guarding the ball and stopping it and then rotating over quicker and suffocating the basketball, which I think is going to be the, the key here for UCLA against Arizona State because as much as they love to jack up the threes, a lot of where we went wrong in that first meeting was we couldn't stop the ball. We couldn't guard the ball. And now for Mick Cronin to say, well, he thinks that his team is doing so much better in that department gives me more faith, more confidence in our team to stop the impending juggernaut that Arizona State is trying to showcase offensively. The other player who you're going to want to look out for in this game is Remy Martin. 
Remy Martin is an actu- is actually an LA kid. He's from he went to Sierra Canyon High School, and so this is going to be a little bit of a homecoming for him. He's second in the conference in points per game, right around 19. He's going to take some wicked shots. He's going to take those shots that you'll take with your friends when you're playing basketball in the schoolyard that you wouldn't attempt in a real game because of the fear a coach would yell at you and tell you, what are you doing, and then yank you out. But because Martin gets away with so many of those and making them, he, he doesn't get you know scolded for, for such things. And he will take threes from an ungodly range from, I mean, almost 40 feet and just jack those things up. And he, he's on the bit of a tear here. Martin is the first Pac-12 player in, in 20 years of the, of the Pac-12. Obviously, the Pac-12 hasn't been around for 23 years, but you go back in the conference itself. He's the first conference player in 23 years to begin league play scoring at least 20 points in the first six games. 40 point, or excuse me, 20 points in each of the first six games. Never has that done been done before. When you consider all of the Goliaths that have played in this conference, nobody has been able to do that accomplishment in 23 years. Martin has is averaging right now in Pac-12 play 20 points per game, and is shooting during this seven-game winning streak for Arizona State, 43% from three-point territory, 18 of 42. That is is scary to think about. And look, it's not like we haven't seen this before. Other things that I've read about in terms of Arizona State playing better, some of their guys like Romello White haven't gotten into foul trouble. And Martin's percentages are going up from the field he takes a high volume of shots you might see him miss a whole lot but he's not going to stop trying to make them like he's not he's not one of those guys who's going to start missing shots and then get bashful and then just start passing like he could start one for ten and just keep shooting and in a way then he'll start making shots like you you just you you can never figure out this guy because he can be a streaky shooter when looking at Remy Martin. Quote from Bobby Hurley, describing the motto of his team and the intensity that they are all about. He said, quote, you have a team, you ha- if you have a team like we have, he said, you have to rip out our hearts to beat us. He says, that's the kind of tenacity that we are bringing to the court every day. That is eerily simil- uh, similar to how you would describe UCLA. Both of these coaches lauding their team's physicality. I think it comes down to, obviously, the UCLA defense. And are we going to be able to stay in front of their drivers? Are we going to be able to rotate and close out on their shooters? Are we going to be able to get back on defense and not loaf back on defense? If we can do all those things, I think we are in a good position to win this thing. And, barring any craziness that happens until the game starts we will have Jalen Hill which adds such a different dimension to this game which made I think all the difference in us losing against Arizona State the first go-around coming up next in our final segment some very 
positive, confident, and powerful words from Bruin basketball legend Tracy Murray as he describes this wonderful stretch that the Bruins have been a part of. I have the utmost respect for Tracy Murray, Bruin basketball legend. He joins us on Tuesdays on the Bruin Insider Show. He had a, a splendid career in the NBA, spent more than 10 years in the league, was a first-round draft pick in the NBA, and was a two-time all-conference player with the Bruins. My respect grows even more because of just his candidness when conversing about the state of the Bruins. He is going to tell it to you straight. He is going to be transparent. He is going to say exactly what's on his mind. And that's it. If the team's playing bad, he is going to tell you the team is playing bad. But what you have to understand about Tracy is that he says those things because he loves the institution. He cares for the players. He cares for the community. He wants to see it thrive. Tracy on the Bruin Insider Show yesterday had some comments that I was starting to feel, but now that I hear them from him, it's like, you know what, I can totally see where he's coming from. And one of the things he brought up was that he felt that the Bruins, right now, can beat anyone in America by their way they're playing, and that nobody in the country wants to play us based on how we're playing defensively. And I, I'm with him on that. The, the amount of teams that, that, that have lost to us when their coaches have been asked about why they lost to UCLA, it's, the common theme has been, well, the Bruins outmuscled us. They were much more physical. It was a meat grinder in the lane. All reasons for why you don't want to play a team like that. You remember what Sean Miller said? And we'll talk about Arizona on Friday's podcast because they're going to come to town on Saturday. But Sean Miller, when he was asked about why his guys lost at home to the Bruins earlier this year, he said something, and I've mentioned this a couple times, he said something to the tune of, you know, our players were crying out there. And, and even Tad Boyle, the head coach for CU, after watching his team barf up a nine-point lead in the second half and lose the game on senior day of all times, which must have been a disaster, and you kind of feel sorry that they had it on senior day, but then again, you probably don't. But Tad Boyle said he felt sick to his stomach, and he was certainly pinpointing the physicality that the Bruins were able to envelope his team with. You see the common trend here. You see where Tracy's comments stand upright. And I feel like we're just beginning to get to a point where other teams, the national media, are beginning to see this emergence. And Mick Cronin has done just, look, you can't say enough about what this guy has done recently. And I'll finish off the show by saying this. I brought up a comment that Christmas said on yesterday's episode where he, he declared after the game against Colorado that the Bruins are the toughest team in the conference. So Cronin came on the Bruin Insider Show yesterday, and he was interviewed by Nick Cope. We had a one-on-one -on -one interview that we aired on our program, and Nick brought up the comment uh, of what Christmas said 
and directed the question at Mick and said, hey, Mick, what do you think about this kind of confidence from your junior leading scorer? And, and responded, quote, well, you got to be able to bench more than your coach to be able to talk about toughness. Going on to say, I don't know if I should brag about that. Well, that's a shot fired right there, but a playful, a playful little jab, might I add, because you know what? The, the, the Bruins are in a position right now when you're winning, when you can have some fun. You know, it, it's, it's a locker room that is focused, but when you're winning, you're able to joke around a little bit and, and in a playful way. And maybe that is an indirect way of telling Chris Smith, hey, you're good, but you know how you can get better? Get back in the weight room. Appreciate you all checking out this episode of Locked on Bruins tomorrow on the show. My keys to the game as we tee up the matchup with the Sun Devils. And so much on the line for that one as the Bruins are half game out of first place in the Pac-12 standings. Arizona State sitting in first. So much on the line. The tip-off is tomorrow, 8 p.m., I will be at the game. I hope you will be as well. If you see me out there, please don't hesitate to say hi. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. I'm Brian Fenley.